Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthcare Whisperer Radio Show. Uh, my name is Hari Kulsa, and I am your host. I am a nurse practitioner, patient advocate, and president of Healthcare Whisperer. If you're looking for me on social media, you can find me at Twitter at H-A-R-I-K-1-0-8, on Facebook, Hari Kulsa, or, or on, also on Facebook, you can go to Healthcare Whisperer. Now, this show is about providing information and tips on how to successfully get through the healthcare system. I always find the best ways to have people tell their stories and successes. As you all know, it can be so, so difficult trying to get through the healthcare system. I just want to give everyone an update on my 89-year-old mother who I moved, as I mentioned before, to Santa Fe. Uh, she did most of the move herself, sold her house, got it all together, and she's the happiest I've ever seen her in her new independent, well, it's a three-tiered place, um, uh, in, uh, with uh, independent living, assisted living, and nursing, and she's an independent living. And she is so happy. It's amazing. I was I lucked out. I also wanted to let everyone know that I'm doing a uh, a day long conference in Austin, Texas, on October 19th, from 8:30 to 3. The name of the conference is Patient Advocate: Being a Voice for Patients to Provide Healthcare Solutions. This conference is about why advocates are so needed in this changing healthcare landscape. All the fees from this conference are being donated to URR Hope, a non-for-profit that helps people of all ages with rare and undiagnosed illnesses find help. For information, you can go to their web to my website, and we probably I've been having a little trouble with my website, so we're not going to have it up probably till next week. But uh, to healthcarewhisperer.com and just go to the events page. You can also go to URR Hope and go to their event page. Also, I want to let you know that I, I now can be heard on patientsafetyradio.com and also on the radio for pay, the Patient Safety Radio in uh, Phoenix at, uh, let's see, what's the number? 1360 on Saturday from 6 six to seven and also in Cleveland uh, AM 1420 on Saturdays from seven to eight and nine to ten on 1220 so if you're in you can tune in or you can hear what's been on the radio at patientsafetyradio.com boy this has been a lot Whew. anyway I'm really excited about today's show because today's show is about it's something that a lot of people go through. A lot of people uh, have problems with the insurance company and they don't know what to do. It's a common problem. And in today's show, I have someone who waged the battle, waged the battle against the insurance companies and won, won an appeal. It's an exciting story, and I know that it's going to be so so informative to all of you who are listening. Um, my guests today are Debbie and Lou Pappas. And I don't know, 
I don't know what to say about them except that they're incredible people, that they kept their mind focused on what had to happen, and they got the job done. I also have to say that I was also involved in this process, but it was really their guidance and their work that got us there. So let me bring them on to tell their story because it's an amazing story that's going to make you laugh, going to make you cry, and get get you kind of mad at times. So here we go. Let's see. So hi, Deb. Hi, Lou. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm so first I want to thank you so much for for taking the time to be on the show because I know you guys are busy. Uh no problem so, at all. Okay, good. So let's start. Let's just like really dive in. And I did tell, I don't know if you heard, but I did tell them that I was involved in this process, but that it really was your, you know, your focus, you guys' focus. But let's start. How did this all begin? How did this begin that you had a problem with uh, health insurance? Well, uh, about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I had some uh, issues climbing up the stairs and being a little short of breath. So I went to the doctor, our regular doctor, and he started treating me for a respiratory problem, gave me an inhaler. So uh, that was around April of uh, 2012. Around November, I was going back to see him. And uh, mentioned at that meeting that, you know, this inhaler isn't doing anything for me. I climb up the stairs in my office. I'm still puffing and puffing when I get to the top. And my wife at that point said, well, you know, how come you haven't put them on a stress test? And so the doctor said, okay, well, we can do that. So that was in November. Put me on a stress test uh, within the week. That came back a little fishy, but he was uncertain about the results of that. Uh, Then he uh, said, well, since I'm not sure about this one, let's give you a nuclear stress test. That was about a week later. And that one came back fine. And then he said, since he has two competing uh, uh, diagnoses there or results on those tests, he said, well, let's give you a, a CT scan. So they did that, and they said they were still weren't sure. And so they said, you know, we're going to do in and go in and do this uh, uh, heart catheterization where they put a little camera up in a vein in your leg, and it goes to the heart, and they look at that. So, so they did all of those things during November of 2012. In October of 2012, I had uh, decided to leave the place that I'd been working at for uh, about 14 years and open my own business. And right. So, let's, just uh, say, let's just say that you're let people know you're a financial analyst and you've worked really yeah. hard in that field. So your mind is very focused in that way. Yeah, it's not too tough to concentrate minutia. But uh, <laughs> okay. And everything that things everybody else finds boring, but so I uh, I was able to do that, but. So we contacted our our uh, healthcare provider, which was Humana, and we did that in October because I wanted Debbie to get a, ahead of getting the new policy because I was leaving a group plan. We'd have to pick up our own individual plan. So and you we, you could have stayed on Cobra, but you chose to go ahead and uh, look for an individual plan. Is that correct? Yeah, I could have stayed. I actually could have stayed with the place that I was. I wasn't. There was no reason I had to leave except I decided to do that. But mm-hmm. so we got mm-hmm. approved medical history, and we've been with Humana, so we got a quote from Humana again going to the individual mm-hmm. policy. That was in October. At the end of October, they gave us approval on that. Well, it was in November we started going to the doctor on this other thing, which was, you know, just uh, coincidental that the timing worked out that way, but we, we started going in uh, November. So, okay, well, before we move to that, now, Deb, I know that you were the one who did most of the change. Let's talk a little bit about the act that you had no problems getting an individual plan, right? 
No problem at all. Um, we had been with Humana for three years during the interview process to change from the group plan to an individual plan. Uh, they had a copy of all of our EOBs, not necessarily the medical records, but anything we had gone to the doctor for within the last three years. Uh, so at that time, I was reassured, no problem, we've got your medical history, and I was approved immediately. So you're approved on the phone, right? I mean, just to let people know, when you go for a lot of people just get it through their employer, so they don't know the process. You call up, they ask you a whole bunch of questions about your medical history, and you give them the answers, and then a lot of times you have to wait, right? What? Are you there? Hello? Are we having technical difficulties? We lost you there for a second, Harry. We didn't hear what you said. Oh, okay. So um, I was just telling people that a lot of times when they call, when you, when people call, they uh, and they apply, they have to wait a day to get approved. But because you guys had been with Humana, they said no problem and they approved you right on the spot, right? Yep, underwriting. Uh, they put it right to underwriting, and uh, within hours we were approved. No problem. Yeah, they told us on the phone, well, since you've been with us, we have all your records, so uh, no problem. Okay, so you got an email saying no problem, um, everything's fine, it's a go, right? Exactly. Were there any writers? Were there, was there anything they said that they wouldn't cover? You know, it's interesting because we both take cholesterol medication. So mm -hmm. they approved they approved his cholesterol medication, but did put a rider on my cholesterol medication. Uh, within a day, I called underwriting, and nobody could give me an explanation as to why. So I uh, I just let it go. Okay, but otherwise, they said, fine, we love you, welcome to individual humana yes. plan and and anything give changes. me your checking account number so we can debit your account every month <laughs> yeah, right 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 we love you but let's see the money um yeah. right so okay so here you are all feeling really good you've done your due diligence you've got your plan set and it's supposed to start when we're losing you again you supposed it was supposed to start when your your um December your first December the first okay so it's you started individual started December yeah. the first okay so you're going to start December the first so okay so here we are December first you're waiting to change plans and let's go back now Lou you were having some you you started you had some tests that were going on. So you had the nuclear stress test and this how well, this was like started at the beginning of November or it like in the middle, is that what happened? It was it, about the first week, first ten days of November when we went in for a regular thing just to to check with the doctor and to tell him that, you know, whatever he was doing for the shortness of breath isn't working. And and understand through the process because Humana was so slow in approving these tests that for every test I was in contact with Humana to push through the approval process so that these tests would be done in a timely fashion. 
So you 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 kept calling them like because the the, the you you had as people know when you have tests like new like stress tests depends upon your policy but usually you have to get the insurance company to approve it and so it was taking you had to call the doctor wasn't doing it for you right well the doctor was actually doing it for me but um, I kept in touch with the doctor's office too and I said okay did we get the approval for the test that we are having within 24 hours. And she said, they have not gotten back with me. So then I would get on the phone to Humana and say, look, he's getting a test in 24 hours. We need the approval. So oftentimes they would transfer me to a manager who would mm-hmm. get this, get it expedited right away. Okay, so you... And, and this so, happened with every test along the way. So we got pre-approval for every test during November uh, with the stress test and all the rest of that from Humana and made sure to tell them in each of those phone calls that, you know, we are changing from a group policy with Hugh, with Humana to an individual policy with Humana on December 1st. And we want to make sure there's going to be no issues with this continuing coverage. And we were assured when we called number of times that, yeah, no problem, you know, we got all your information, no problem. Right. So, so they would, so you would call, so you must have made, I mean, I. how many calls do you think you made for each, for two or three for each approval, it sounds like? There was a total of about 18 phone calls, 15, 18 phone calls that I was able to track down just from our phone records going out there. So that was in about a three-week period. You made... Between you and and Debbie, you made eighteen phone calls. Yeah, but, but well, it was yeah three to five weeks. It was the the last three weeks of November, and then the first couple weeks of uh, October, because uh, you know procedures performed uh, December fifth or sixth or fourth or something like that. And uh, so we were continually, or Debbie actually, not me. Debbie did everything. Debbie was continually in contact with them. Uh, making sure that everything was approved and uh, there would be no issues with the continuing coverage on the policy change because we were staying with Juvana on this. Right, and you got assured there was no problem. Did you, get assured, there. Did, did you get assured that there was no problem? Yeah, we were told that would be no problem because you're with Humana now and your new policy with Humana, and so we have all the records and we all these other things. So we just continue on the assumption that we were going to be covered and no problem. And it, and it really was not even an assumption because December the 1st or 2nd, um, for that final test that he did, um, they would not even admit him into the hospital unless Humana approved it. And at that point, we were made to give them a check uh, for the total deductible that we had at that point, which was $5,000. So that was for the new policy. That was for the new policy that you had to... That, Say that, that again, Lauren. That was for the new bit. policy, right? Was That's that for correct. the new... Yeah. So, That's so, correct. So, so, when he, so what happened is that you ended up having to have the surgery, the cardiac, first the... the um, Tell us again what you had the the process you went through. First, you had the angiogram, which is where they they look at your heart. They put it through your leg and they look at your heart. That was the, that was the fourth test. The first one was a regular tre, uh, treadmill. Second was a nuclear treadmill. Third one was a CT scan. And the fourth one, 
which they did on December second, uh, I think it was third, third, fourth, third, fourth, was the angiogram. Okay, and, by and the then way, from the there you got admitted, right? Well, they admitted me into the hospital to do the angiogram on a Tuesday, December fourth, I think it was. Our policy had changed from group to individual on December first, the preceding Saturday, and they. Uh, so I went on that, that, that Tuesday for the angiogram, and when they came out of the angiogram, they said, you're not leaving, you're staying here, we're going to do a quad bypass run uh, in a day or two. So they just checked me and wouldn't let me leave after that. Okay, so here you are. You're, uh, Debbie, you must have been beside yourself because here's your husband, very ill, right, having to have major cardiac surgery. And you've talked to the insurance company. Everybody's assured you it's okay. So you're yeah. you're just you know and so okay so you're going along and thank God Lou the surgery was successful everything was great you go home what happened after that when did you be, when did you find out that things were not as rosy as you thought February and uh, February I was I I started getting some bills in and um, and I noticed it was taking quite a bit of time for these bills to get paid. So I called Humana about some of the uh, EOBs, and a clerk on the phone said, um, this is considered pre-existing. We will not be paying any of, the, any of these bills. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. I mean, did you just, like, faint? Uh, just about. I, you know, my my biggest concern at that point is he was what six weeks out of surgery, eight weeks out of surgery, was to not get him upset. That was my biggest right. concern. Right. Right. Yeah. So so and and just to back up a little bit, when people have cardiac surgery, you 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 had to do rehab. It isn't like you get the surgery and you go home and that's it. It's a process. It's not just the hospital bills. You now had rehab bills. You had follow-up bills. This was a lot of medical people you'd been seeing. And not only that, added surgeons in the operating room, added uh, anesthesiologists, I mean doctors that we had no idea were brought into that operating room uh, to help with the surgery. So not just uh, the doctors that we hired, but, uh, uh, you know, others to assist. Okay, so here you are. It's February. You're you're sitting in your chair or standing almost, you know, fainting. What did you do? I mean, did you, like, hang up and call back, or what did you do? Um... Yeah, probably, uh, I'm sure I called up, and I know I called up a number of times and argued and pleaded my case, and uh, each time you get a different clerk and or you're you're pushed off to another division of Humana, and it's, it's, uh, you know, frustrating. Uh, Finally, we found out that what we needed to do was to sit down and put an appeal letter together um, and they gave us some basic information, but uh, we spent a day or two doing that, and we looked at each other and said, you know what, I don't know that we can do this alone. Yeah, it was a situation where they, Humana, 
they say it's 16 different people. No, everyone tells you a different story. No one's on the same page. It's almost like the system is designed to be confusing and hard to do by yourself. And so we're going through all of that. We're getting conflicting information from the different departments at Humana. And uh, finally, we got Debbie got through to someone and said, "Well, look, what you need to do is you, you know we're we're turning this down, so you need to make an appeal." So she asked, "Well, who do we appeal to?" And Humana said, "Well, you appeal to us." <laughs> so I didn't have a good <laughs> yeah, feeling yeah, about right. how that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have I didn't have a good feeling about how that appeal was going to go. And certainly, what happened was the we appealed to Humana. We you know we, we actually at that point I said, "Look, this is too much." Deb. Um, I've heard that there are. There are healthcare advocates that you can find that can that do this that can help you through this process because I think that the system is is designed to thwart you at every turn that you can. It's supposed to be confusing you so that people will just give up and go away. So uh, we started looking, and uh, right. Debbie came across your site and uh, your information, and she gave you a call. And and you promptly promptly responded. Uh, to me, and I'll never forget that day, because um, when when you called me back, I think I asked you a couple of questions, and I will never forget your words. Do you want me to help you? And I said, please, we need help. And from that moment on, it uh, it was just the burden was lifted because you walked us through every. Every step you you just guided us, and uh, it was uh, couldn't have done it without you. Well, thank you for that. But let, let's let's back up a little bit because you did. The, I need to t people need to understand that um, you would not have known that you need to appeal if someone hadn't told you. Exactly. Because oh yeah, we had. Found that from them, we we did not agree with their, you know, with their assessment that this is oh we're eliminating this we're we're denying this because it's a pre-existing condition that we didn't know about, and we said well what do you mean you didn't know we were telling talking to you about it for a month, we've called you 15 18 times and every time we called you said no problem we are aware you're switching from a group plan to an individual plan and their little story was their their uh, their out that they thought they had was well. You were on a group plan, and now you have a new policy, and you didn't tell us. That you didn't tell the new policy that you had these tests going on. And we're thinking, what are you talking about? We called you out of 16 times on this. And it's funny because someone asked my wife about that, and, and, and she said, well, what do, you, what do you think? I got these 16, 18 phone calls. Do you think I was just calling him out every day to check and see how the day was going? Yeah, was I, love about. I love that yeah. line. I love that line. I use it. I tell people when I tell the story, that's my favorite line. You know, because it is true. Do you think that anybody calls the insurance company just to, like, chat, just to find out how their policy's doing? You know? I mean, that's absurd. And the length of the conversations I was having with them were 18 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, 42 minutes. Right, 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 because you were seeking clarification on not just your on Lou's, you know, uh, approvals, but also on your fear that this was going to impact your new policy. Because I, as you always told me from the very first time I talked to both of you, was that you would, if there was a problem, if you had known there was a problem, you would have stayed on the old policy. Yeah. 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 Right, right. So that's, you know, 
there was a lot of things that happened here. And one of the things that you, you know, it's interesting because Humana never sent you a letter that said we're denying all of this because of pre-existing conditions, right? That's right. Right. So you so you had to make the, you only found out because you got bills. I found out because I actually made a phone call and said, why aren't these bills, you know, why haven't, why is it taking so long for these bills to be paid? Right, right, right. Did you get any Did you get any calls pardon? from the like hospital or anything like that? From who? The hospitals? Um well, what I wound what wound up happening is through this process is I made a point of paying minimum payments to most of the bills that came in so that would keep us out of collections and tell them, I, I made phone calls to all the doctors and including to the hospital um, to let them know what was happening at this point, that we were going to go ahead with an appeal and uh, what did I need to do uh, for them to delay putting us into collections. Right, right, right. So you, what? this is a really good point that I want to make to everyone who's listening, is that you were up front with everyone, that you kept in, the big thing with the billing offices is being in communication and paying a, a little bit of money. And you, it's not like you paid like 100 Sometimes you said you told me you paid like $10, but it was something, and you, and you communicated with them which is very important. People often don't do that, and that's, that was very wise of you to do that through this very stressful situation. I don't think you can do it. You've got to look at it the same way. These are doctor's offices. These guys are working. They're making a living, the same thing. And if somebody owed you money and they just disappeared, that would tick you off. So if someone owed you money you'd, and, they, and they, they were working on paying you, you would want them to keep you posted as to what's going on and maybe make an effort to good faith effort to, you know, show them, look, you're not trying to run out on your obligations here, but, you know, we're trying to work through this. There's some issues here which we're trying to settle. So you keep them in the loop. You let them know what's going on. You call them. They call you. You send a little bit of money here and there. It's not huge amounts, just something to let them know that, and they will be much more likely to work with you if you're willing to work with them and keep them in the loop. If you disappear, it's like some guy that owes you money and he just disappears and never calls you. You don't know what to right. expect, but you're going to But I have to really tell you... I have to tell you, the billing offices were actually excited that we were appealing this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? They were excited. They were, you know, this is just wrong. We got the approvals. Um, how can they do this to you? And uh, very willing to work with us. I must say, however, the hospital was very difficult to deal with. Right, right. And I want to say the hospital that you dealt with, I, I looked them up, they are one of the the hardest to deal with, um, uh, you know, uh, according to other advocates and other, you know, other, um, even the state. I mean, they're they're very difficult. So, very difficult. He, yeah, yeah. So, so here we, so yeah, so I. I got this call from you guys, and I could hear the, you know, the absolute panic. And it, it, I, when I first heard you tell me this story, and I hope people are having the same response that I had when I first heard it, it's like scratching my head saying, this is nonsense. How can they think they can get away with this? 
you know, when you had made every good thing. And after talking to you guys for like 10 minutes, I knew that you were doing everything in good faith, that you were trying, you had done everything you knew to do, you know, and you kept saying to me, I've always lived my life, both of you, to be honest and straightforward. What happened? You know, and what do we do? And so what we did, we began the process of the appeal. And that's where, you know, why don't you talk about what that was like for you guys, the actual walking through the appeal. Well, I had actually started to write up an appeal based upon the information that Humana told me we need to have in it. And when I got about a page and a half into it, I said, you know what, I'm not sure that this is the way that this needs to be done. I want I want the help of someone that knows this. I, you know, if I... I want a professional's help. So Debbie found you. Uh, we talked to you. Uh, I told you I was writing something up. You said, well, send me what you got. And then, then I sent you what I had, and then you edited it, and we worked on it a little bit, and, and uh, I gave it mostly to you, and whatever changes you made and the things you said need to, be, need to be in there, you made sure were in there. And then I just we just handed it to you. you you're the one that sent everything off, you know. Uh, you're the one that took the burden of dealing with these outfits off of our uh, off of our backs and let us get on with the things we needed to do. And you, it took a lot of stress off. It really did. You guided us every step of the way. And, I, and I've said to you all along, you are now part of my family, even though I've never met you in person. <laughs> family. I know. You used to tell me a uh, sister from another mother. <laughs> That's what you used to right. say to me. I thought that was great. It used to make my day. Um, but one of the things I did that you were very helpful with, and I want to tell everyone this is important, when somebody asked, the most important thing you did was get me the information I needed. You facilitated me getting medical records. You facilitated me, you know, whatever information we could, I needed that I would think about that I wanted to put into appeal. Because an insurance, let's back up, they told you what they wanted in it. Well, what what they want is for you to forget to put the things that matter in it. You know, they want yeah. you. They what what I do was I got, you know, data. I got every I collected all the information. Uh we put the phone calls in, and that's what you need to do when you do an appeal. You know, just don't say I want to appeal this. That's not enough because you have to realize that appeals, and, and every state is different, and in your state, which is Arizona, you're allowed one what we call internal appeal, like where you're begging the insurance company to give you a break, and then there's what we call the external appeal, which is outside the insurance company by an independent. And so our first step was to go through the uh, uh, appeal, the internal appeal, and um uh, one thing that's really great that you did, Lou, is I asked you, and you can tell tell everyone how this went, I asked you if you could get either copies of the transcripts from the insurance of phone calls. And how, how did that proceed? Well, the interesting thing to me was that, of course, every time you call, certainly Humana and, and I'm sure every other insurance company also, they'll tell you that your call may be recorded for quality purposes. That means that they're recording everything. So right. when we... Uh, with with this appeal process, and uh, they said, "Well, we denied it." And here's the here's the phone calls we have that you know you didn't mention nothing about this. They came up with two phone calls. They said, "We have the two phone calls you made." I'm saying two <laughs> phone calls. We made like 
16, 18 of the things. Well, we only have two, and they were recorded, and they sent them to us, and they sent them to you also. The problem was they were encoded or encrypted in some method which nobody could unencrypt, so we couldn't really hear what those were. It took a long time, months for us to finally get a way to, uh, to, to uh, uh, decrypt those. But interestingly enough, I said, wait a second. You're telling me that you're making this decision based upon these two phone calls? I, we made 15, 18 phone calls to you. Where are those recordings? Oh, well, we don't have any of those. You don't have any, you know, you didn't call us how many times. So I said, oh, yeah. So uh, I went and I got the, my phone records for the months uh, in question from Verizon and from Cox, our landline provider. And uh, I sent them off to you. I highlighted the ones that showed every time we made a phone call from the cell phone or from the landline to uh, Humana. And I'm not sure exactly how they came up with that. You handled really most of that for us. All I did was just get the information. And then finally, at some point, they sent a few more that they had recorded, uh, also encrypted where no one could decipher them, until finally, uh, uh, once we were turned down at Humana and we were able to make the appeal to the Arizona Department of Insurance, the Department of Insurance was ticked off that they couldn't hear those phone calls because they were encrypted and somehow got these things put through and they heard the information on a couple of those other phone calls that Humana said didn't exist and they finally had to produce because I had the phone records for. And it was information and the the recording of that conversation that the Department of Arizona decided because of this, you did give them the information that they needed. You did inform them what they needed and we're going to make them pay. Well, yeah, um, but it was it was really an interesting process in getting to that point because oh yeah, uh, because that was the end of it. it was right that that was the that was the good end. But what happened in that process? Let's remember when when Lou talks about how uh, we couldn't on you know uh, listen, we couldn't the, the encryption. They were they were uh, corrupted. And they sent us, you know, it was the first time I'd actually got had an insurance company send us the actual conversation, not the transcript, but the actual phone call. But I had my tech people try to open it. You you tried to open it. My tech people asked their people who they worked with to open it. Nobody could open it. There was no program that was open it. So after we got the denial from from the initial denial and we went, we... I, I put it together again, and what happens when you have the initial denial or a dial from the insurance, it gives you insight onto what they're denying. So then when you go to the next appeal, that's what I tell people, look at what they write you. And then, you know, what they were saying is that these voice messages were, you know, there was nothing there, that you hadn't said anything. So we kind of, what happened is when we sent, what we sent it off to, I didn't change a whole lot, I don't think, with this, with that, except to emphasize the um, phone calls. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we had this great, um, we had the Arizona, it went to the Arizona Department of Insurance, and there are only, I think, a handful of states that use their Department of Insurance. California is another one to do external appeals. And they seem to be a lot more invested in finding it because she actually called me, the woman from Arizona, and asked me if I had any more phone calls or any more information because I hadn't sent her those phone calls. And I sent them to her. I said, well, I have these phone calls that we can't open because they had only sent her two phone calls. 
Right. And and so she was like, okay, send them. She kind of thought, oh, yeah, right. But she couldn't open them either. <laughs> and so here we were. She got. She did get mad, Lou. You're right. She got really mad. So, so it was at that time that we were able to. Uh, she, she decided. She, what she did is she made them get them open, and then we listened. She sent them to me, and I sent them on to you. Correct? Is that how it worked? Yeah, that was it. You got the, them, and then sent copies to me, and we tried to listen to them too. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, but uh, realistically, what happened was we gave, we turned almost everything over to you. We just got from the doctors and the insurance companies what you asked us to get copies of the policy, all the rest of those things. We gave the stuff to you, and then you just handled it. And you were available all the time. Every time I called, you made yourself available. Whether I was crazy or I wanted to complain, you were right there to listen. Yep. Yeah, well, it's it's a tough journey. I mean, you, you did, one thing, and it's a reality, and people who have been in the situation understand it. You kept saying to me, Lou, you especially, well, both of you, but I'm uh, I'm looking at medical bankruptcy here. You know, I'm, I, am I going to have to file for bankruptcy? Because what we haven't mentioned was the total amount was over $150,000 that you might have had to pay. I don't think you would have to pay that much. I mean, I, that would have been my next thing, getting that down, but it would have been a lot of money, irregardless. You know, and I that's a that, lot of money. I think that the totals were about twice that, Harry. As, as really? the bills come in, and, I, and um, you know, I'm, I'm cross-referencing at this point all the bills, making sure uh, everything gets paid and processed again, um, the bills are well over 150000 Wow, wow, wow. And this is all because, let's remember, everybody, that they said that Lou had a pre-existing condition when he was transferring from a group Humana policy to an individual Humana policy. He was with the same insurance company, and yet he was being told he had a pre-existing condition. What, uh, What Humana told us was, oh, well, you got to understand, the group Humana policy is completely different than the than the individual policy. They're completely different entities. Like they were telling me, well, you're coming from Transamerica and going to Humana. They were trying to separate group and and uh, uh, individual policies as if they were two completely different companies, had nothing to do, never talked to each other, never knew nothing. Just had the same name. And uh, in the end, the uh, Department of Insurance in Arizona didn't buy that argument. Well, what they didn't buy, which I found, which was very insightful for me, and I and this woman who I w- had called me from the insurance company, that's what I like about the Department of Insurance Companies. They tend to, to be much more personable, and they will call you and ask questions and really seek answers when they when in the, when something is eating at them. If they, you know, so she, uh, what she did is she. She originally didn't think there was going to be anything to turn to be able to turn this this into uh, reverse the denial. But what she did is she looked at the contract. She looked at the initial acceptance, and she said there was no number for you to call if you had a change. There was nothing in what Humana had sent you, 
which was fascinating to me. I never would have thought to look at that. But there was no number. The only number there was uh the sales department. And they wouldn't have they you know, they wouldn't have done anything for you. So I mean, she was amazing in that she heard what Debbie had said to Humana and she also saw that they gave you no way to get in touch with them. So they had blocked you out. There was no way for you to let them know when you tried. And that's how you well, won we the appeal. We always were under the impression when you call Humana, you're calling Humana. And we weren't, we were very specific about what our concerns were about the policy being changed, making sure that there'd be no, no lapse in coverage and everything would be covered. And we kept getting, you know, no problem, no problem. We have all your records, so, you know, you're with us for the last few years and not to worry. And then when it came up that there was a big buildup and he said, oh, sorry, we were just kidding. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, they gave you right. They gave you no avenue for to 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 let them know. And I even remember with a woman from Arizona when I said that to her, I said, "Well, they called and they talked and they and she said, "Well, you know, the number might have been different on it, you know, she wasn't necessarily buying it at that time. That very first call I got from her, you know, until I sent until she listened to those phone calls. She said that they, it wasn't, at first she was saying it wasn't Humana's responsibility for you to track down the right number. But she changed her mind when she heard those phone calls. I can only assume. I didn't talk to her. She didn't say that to me. But the last time I talked to her, she said she was still working through it. And then we got the, the letter that said. That was you know, a good letter. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to tell my story really fast, is that when I get these, it's really hard to, we don't, you a lot of times we don't win appeals. I, I do this a lot, and as I always said to you from the beginning, it's a, you know, like a 50, it's a, it's a roll of the die. You never know. And I saw that letter, Department of Insurance, and I looked at it in my heart. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to call Debbie and tell her we didn't get it. And I opened it up, and I started, and I saw it. It was in bold letters. The appeal, the denial has been reversed. I couldn't believe it. It was like I was screaming, and then I called you, Debbie, right? You sure did. And I think I was screaming. <laughs> it was, it was just a couple days for it to sink in for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, I, I mean, the emotions you must have gone through. What was that like? I mean, just the whole process. It took a couple of days to sink in for me, and I realized I wasn't going to have to work as hard as I thought I was going to have to for the next few years to pay those guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I have to, you know, I have to be honest. My whole concern through this whole process was uh, not adding more stress to Lou. He had been through enough. Um, it was a tough battle and a lot of rehab, and I just wanted things okay for him. As right. As I was concerned, if Humana wasn't going to cover it, these doctors would get $10 a month for the rest of my life. <laughs> I know. You kept saying that. You definitely kept yeah, saying Yeah, you know, you know weren't, weren't sure what to do with it, but uh, just uh, it was good to get that letter. 
after I got the letter, that's when I started to get actually angry that they put mm-hmm. us through all that headache when I believe that they really, I believe that they realized they had a responsibility to pay that all along. Right, right, right. So what what did you, why don't we look at what, what did you learn, you guys learned from this process, I mean, uh, that you would advise people about? Well, first of all, for me, honesty and truthfulness is is a good thing and, and does work. Yeah, disclose everything to the insurance companies when you're applying for your stuff and, and, and don't try to hide anything. But if you if they're gonna you know if something happens and turns around and they turn around on you, just make sure that you get the name of everybody that you call. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have records that you can get record you know the uh, copies of the uh, the times you call them, what you talk about, who you talk to. Uh, you have to you have to be able to lay your hands on those things because those are the tools that you need to to prevail in an appeal. Uh, if you've hidden things, of course, you know, you're not going to be able to, you won't win an appeal if you hide things and try to put them later. But if you are up front, then you apply for these things. And then... Uh, and don't be afraid. Up. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And, and if you have to get a little ugly with them sometimes, that's okay, too. And the, by the same token, don't go through it alone. You don't have to go through it alone. There's, there's an advocate that you can hire that will mm-hmm. that will take the burden of all the stuff you don't know and handle it for you. And uh, that's that was from the very beginning. As soon as I realized how complicated and how time-consuming would have it would have been to do all the stuff myself or with Debbie, mm-hmm. I realized you know this is this is the same as if you are not an electrician and you decide you want to wire your house. You better hire one. You need to have the, a professional take care of that. It frees you to do the things you need to do and the things that you can do, and it gives that task to someone who doesn't do it once in their lifetime. Hopefully, this is the only appeal we've ever had. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it will be the only appeal we ever do have. So one appeal in our lifetime, and if you need one, you better go to someone who's had hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid of the who, – yeah, who understands what the the rules are and how to how to work around it. Um, so, what, so, so what would you – you learned about the insurance company and the appeal process. What would you tell people? I know you've said about getting someone to help you, but but are you smarter about how you deal with the insurance company now? I mean, Debbie, are you still having to talk to them or the billing offices? Is there anything going on there? I am, but I have to tell you they have it, it looks like one one person um who's reprocessing all of the bills. And I'm finding now when I'm speaking to them, I'm speaking to them not out of, out of a place of fear anymore. And, um, and they know that this appeal has happened, and they lost it, and they, lost it, and they are much uh, more willing to... Uh, do the things they need to process all yep. the payments. They're they're on it. They're not. Uh, they their whole way that they're approaching this is very different. Yeah, the, the reversal of that appeal in that same letter where it reversed the appeal also told Humana they have 30 days to start paying the bills. Right, right, right. And did they? Did they start to pay in 30 days? Yeah, they that uh, the Department of Insurance in Arizona gave Humana 30 days to start paying all those bills. 
demanded that they start paying in 30 days. And so, but the like they they actually did it. I mean, it is. I mean, they can say it, and I've seen the insurance companies kind of say, "Okay, yeah, well," and then they talk to the uh, insurance, say, "Well, we're a little behind. Give us." But they actually did it, right? They actually started paying. Doing it. First check they wrote was for ninety-seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, to you? <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, to the hospital, one of the bills for the hospital, and boy, did I have a smile on my face. But they've been good about getting these bills paid very, very quickly. Right, you know, right. I'll, I'll, say, you. I don't, I'll say, Harry, I don't mind that these doctors and hospitals get paid. I mean, I, I know that that's work I would never want to do. I don't want to cut somebody up and look inside. I don't want to do that. Those guys go to school a long time, and they paid a lot, and they pay a lot of malpractice insurance, and I don't mind those guys getting paid, but the insurance company has responsibility. And for the last 40 years, I made sure I was insured every every minute of those last 40 years and never had a lapse of coverage. And so right. I was not expecting this denial. This, this was a, kind of a bit of a shock for me. Right. I think that's a really good point, Lou, and that's something that when I first talked to you, you were very perplexed about. You you just couldn't understand how that could have happened. You always paid your bills. You always were insured. You always were straight about everything, and here you were in this situation. It, you just couldn't understand how you got there. Yeah, that uh, didn't seem right, but there was a, a process, and if you do the process right, you know, we got a good outcome this time. So I'm thrilled. Right, and what I like to and tell we people... we could never have done it without you, Hori. Well, thank you, because yeah, well, what I was going to say is that it was like, to me, it was a perfect storm. You know, I did my work, you did your work, because I couldn't have done it without the help you gave me. And then the external appeal person was really sharp and really saw, she from the very beginning, she wanted to be able to give us reverse the appeal but she had to find something that would hold and and it was being like in the court of justice it's like being in court it's like a judge or a jury trying to find something that they could you know reverse this appeal on i mean reverse the denial on and i think it really was a very perfect storm and and it was it was an absolutely wonderful outcome and i was you know i was just so I was so happy for you guys. <clears throat> I was just so happy. It was just a, a great because uh, it, it it breaks my heart to see this happen to people. You know, I see this all the time, and I see the insurance companies taking away people's livelihoods. Yeah, it would have. Uh, it 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 can be de- definitely devastating. You know, I feel like in the, I said I'm. I'm a financial guy. I'm a you know a wealth manager, and and uh, you know I can I've seen sometimes when people have incredibly large responsible people took care of their finances their whole lives, put together a reasonable you know uh, asset base, but have a, a devastating catastrophic medical thing, and it, it can wipe them out. It can literally wipe out 40 years of work for them, and that's why we have the insurance to take those catastrophic potentials away. And when an insurance company thinks they have an out, you know what? They're going to take it. They'll, I think they'll look for it. So you can't let them have the tools. You just, you just got to make sure that you always have yourself covered and that you disclose all the things about the medical stuff, and then, then you've got the ammunition. 
to go back in case something like this happens. But even with the ammunition, I wouldn't know where to put it, where to send it, who to give it to, how to follow it up, and that's why I don't believe this would have been the same outcome if we hadn't engaged you to do this. Well, thank you, and I'm glad. I mean, I I'm glad I can be of service for people in this way because it's important that people know they they have the right to do this, and a lot of people don't know that that they they have the right to question and to and to get and and to appeal. And and again, we go back from the beginning of the conversation. You would not have known unless they told you. A lot of people don't know. And that was the first, you know, that you listened and you asked the right questions. And it's not like you get the same information from each clerk that you talk to at the insurance company. They give you conflicting information. Right, right, right. So you have to, that's what I always tell people. A lot of times when I don't, I'm not really feeling good about an answer from an insurance company, I hang up, I wait 10 minutes and I call back and I get somebody else until I get the answer I want. It's like talking to Social Security. <laughs> Same thing. Oh dear. Oh dear. So you guys, uh, you go planning a vacation or something before we go? We, I want to know. Things are looking bright now for you guys with this appeal done. Yeah, it's uh, taken a really big burden off. Let me concentrate on you know stuff we want to do. Put things we had planned on doing back on the table for us to be able to do, rather than you know just try to work doubly hard to try and pay back some bills we don't you didn't really you know we thought we were insured for all along as it turns out we were so uh yeah so it's uh, looking looking a lot better than it was a few months ago when I was contemplating how to handle all this right and let me tell people it took about what 3 months for us to get through this process right i think it was longer than that oh really yeah. <laughs> It could be five or six months oh, from start yeah. to finish. Oh, yeah, we're talking path. five or six months, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's, okay then, five, <laughs> six months. It was such a wonderful time. Um, but that's another point is it takes time, and you have to be patient, and you have to be perseverant, and you have to keep going, and that's what it takes to get through this. So I asked everybody before we, because we're going to have to end here pretty shortly here, um, what's your sage advice for people who are going through this, who who might face Don't do it alone. What? Don't do it alone. Okay. Get a, Good. Get a professional. Like anything else that you haven't done ever before, if you need something done that's important, get someone that's done it 100 times, not someone that's done it once in their lifetime. But I, right. but I have to tell you, I made a lot of phone calls, Hari, and you 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 were the best. I interviewed Ooh. a lot of advocates. And uh, you were the best. Yeah, once she well, found you, she said, I don't call anybody else. I'm going with her. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. Well, it was my sister from another mother after all. Right? It was my sister from another mother after all, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You will, <laughs> oh, you will forever be in our hearts. And uh, I think I think we have a, a new friend for life. Well, I think so, too. And also, before we go, I want to thank both your sons, if they're listening, for serving our country. It's our, you. you know, you serve us, you keep us safe. And I should have mentioned it at the beginning, and I apologize. I just remembered. I didn't put it in my notes at the beginning. So thank you, and please thank them. If they're not listening, 
that uh, we, you know, it, it keeps me safe and allows me to sleep at night. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, what a strange coincidence. We find you from Arizona, and you're in Massachusetts. And one of our sons lives four miles from you and is stationed at Hanscom Air Force Base. What a weird coincidence. Yeah. Well, there it is. There it is. And now I even feel safer because he's so close to to me. And I know, I know he they work hard. And so I'm I'm just you know so grateful, so grateful of our service men and women. And it's thank you very much for raising two sons who believe in service. Thank you. So, thank you. That so means a lot. That, yeah, you've done a great job, and your honesty has always inspired me, and I'm very thankful that you took the time to be on the show. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, and we'll be in touch sometime soon, I'm sure. Thank you very right, much, you have guys. Have a great week. Thank, thank you, Hori. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that was uh, Debbie and Lou Pappas, and I just want to thank them so much for their courage and <clears throat> and their incredible job in helping me to be able to do the um, appeal. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that it is your right to appeal. Some states allow two internal appeals and an external appeal. Uh, the new health care law... May, uh, puts into law that every state has to offer, every insurance policy has to offer an external appeal because that's sometimes the statistics show that in some states it's about a 56% per, for the patient to overturn a denial. And sometimes you can get a partial uh, overturn. Uh, so it's worth trying. I always say it's worth trying to go ahead and do the appeals. Um, I also want to remind everybody again that I'm doing the uh, uh, conference in Austin, Texas on October 19th from 8.30 to 3 on the patient advocate being a, vo a voice for patients to provide healthcare solutions. If, you can, if you're in Austin, if you're in the area, I really encourage you to come and uh, it's going to be a great conference. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Parker is also going to speak. Uh, we're going to have a panel of uh, myself, some people who have gone through the process using advocates, um, how they've empowered themselves. And this is really about learning how to empower yourself to understand the healthcare system and how an advocate can be your ally in the journey through the healthcare system. Uh, I also encourage you all to go to the, my website, Healthcare Whisper, take a look at my blog. You can also download or listen to any radio episodes from my website, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio and look at some of my uh, other shows that I've had in the past. And I encourage you, we have all kinds of topics from assisted living to uh children with rare and undiagnosed illnesses and it's it's really quite a uh, great uh, many great shows many great people I've had on the show so i just want to thank all of you for listening for taking the time and i hope you enjoyed this and it's, it was very insightful uh today's show so thank you very much everybody uh enjoy the coming of fall see you soon for the next show bye bye <laughs>